I've seen some evidence lately how much people are longing and grasping for hope. As I walk through my neighborhood and as I drive around town, I have seen more Christmas decorations up before Thanksgiving than ever before. And it wasn't just last week. It was like November 1st you'd start seeing Christmas decorations pop up. Has anybody else noticed that? Yeah, definitely. Pipe in on the comment section if you have too. And, and that's okay. My daughter texted me some photos from last weekend. Her entire house is fully decorated, and she usually has a rule, hard and fast rule. She never starts until after Thanksgiving. So I know some of this is because we're just kind of stuck at home and nice to have something to do. But I believe a piece of this shows how desperate we are for something positive in our lives. We need to do something that brings us some cheer. This is evidence that now more than ever we need some hope. We're needing something to make us feel good. And one of the challenges we're facing with this pandemic is that we just don't know exactly when it will end. We know a vaccine's on its way. We know it won't be forever, but we just don't know exactly when or exactly what things are going to look like after that vaccine is made available. And so our hope can't be put on something concrete. We don't have a definitive end date. So we're left to find our hope in our faith. Faith in a God who has plans for us, says the scriptures, who has good things in mind for us. So the pastors, we all wanted this Sunday to be a gift for you. Even though we are talking about generosity in this campaign, this worship series, we wanted to focus more today on our need for hope. So we do hope that you'll make that estimate of giving today if you haven't done so already. But we want you to stop and consider more than anything today, how are you going to maintain your faith, your hope, during what may be one of the longest winters of our lives? We do have that hope of the vaccine around the corner, but we all know it's going to be a while before it's here. So today, Pastor Jill and Pastor Matt are going to invite you to consider what you need to do to prepare for this winter. You will do better if you have a plan, if you learn to structure your routine, if you make time for God and decide how you'll be in service to others in spite of the challenges that we're facing. Now is the time for our faith to shine and prove to the world that God is alive and well in us and our church family. So as we wrap up our worship series, Love, Connection, hope now more than ever. Please take the time this morning to either fill out the 2021 estimate of giving form that was mailed to you in the brochure, or you can go right now to noblesvillefirst.com webpage, and there you'll find the graphic linked to the online form. You can fill it out today, or you can even just take out your smartphone and text GIVE2021 to the number 33777 and fill out the form from there. Well, let me take a moment to be vulnerable with you this morning. In my ongoing efforts to get to know myself better and to work on the key parts of my life that need improvement, I've recently learned that I tend to base a lot of my self-worth on how others perceive me or how other people interact with me. I thrive almost too much on affirmation. I'm a people pleaser a lot of the time, and forget to take care of myself by setting healthy boundaries around my time 
and my emotional status. I have to remind myself that often my self-worth is not defined by anyone else other than myself and who I am in Christ. This is some hard self-work, and it is ongoing. And I know that I'm not alone in this. In this time of COVID-19, as winter is approaching and we are looking at a few possible months of continued quarantine and isolation, those of us who struggle with seeking our self-worth based on something outside of ourselves, such as people or our level of productivity or our hobbies, may find this time especially difficult. I know I do. Even if you don't struggle with this in particular, we are all struggling to find meaning and hope in this difficult time. Many of us are searching for a renewed sense of identity. In this light, our text this morning about Jesus as the true vine takes on a new meaning. It's important to note that the grapevine is often used in Scripture to symbolize Israel as God's people with Israel as God's vineyard. A comparison for us today would be the grapevine to Israel is like the bald eagle for a symbol of America. It's been discovered that the entrance to the ancient temple portrayed a huge carving of a golden grapevine with grape clusters, with gold. This is just an example of just one holy site you may see in the Holy Land that portrays a grape and grapevines. But imagine Jesus speaking this I am statement as he stood under this giant golden grapevine at the temple in Jerusalem. His listeners would have taken this to mean that Jesus is connected to Israel's source of strength and power. He then explains that we stay connected to this power by abiding in him. We do this by becoming a branch. What kind of branch exactly? A branch that produces fruit and remains on the vine. That's all the information we really get. If we explore this visual some more, we begin to understand that being a branch isn't as easy as it sounds. Branches get pruned. Ouch, right? Sometimes they break off. Sometimes they grow out in strange or twisted positions. Pastor Rob Fuquay of St. Luke's United Methodist Church shares a time when he took to gardening with one of his church members who was said to be an excellent gardener. After this member looked over Rob's tomato patch, he commented, Preacher, don't forget to pinch the suckers. (laughs) Pinch the what? Rob asked. The gardener showed him a little growth of stalks that were shooting out between the branches and the vine. Those were the suckers, he said, not to be confused with the limbs that actually produce the fruit. Now let's think about this in terms of Jesus being the vine and we are the branches. What are the suckers in your life? What are those things that zap our energy but are not helpful or productive? What are those things that get in the way of finding our peace, our strength, or our self-worth? in Jesus as the vine. I invite you to make a list this week of those things that might be getting in the way for you. And as branches, we will get tired. 
We may get tired of feeling like we're holding ourselves up. We may feel that the world is expecting too much of us. Especially now, we are all so tired for many reasons. We might begin to feel guilty that we are not producing fruit or that we are not feeling productive or worth much right now. But the good news about Jesus being the vine is that our job is not to produce perfect fruit or to always believe it is up to us to do so. Our job is to be a branch and let God's power flow through us. Too often we draw our self-worth from the fruit that we may produce, or we begin to, to compare our productivity with that of others, or we worry that we are not enough by simply being a branch of the vine. A question we might ask is, do I receive my identity from the things I produce? or the one who produces through me. As we enter into these next few months, I invite you to tap into Jesus as the vine, the source of our strength and power. I invite you to find self-worth not in the praise or in attention of others, not in how productive you are feeling or not, but in Jesus as the vine. Surround yourself with people who will love you for you. Find the things that bring you joy and do them often. Practice self-affirmation. Find those words that lift you up for yourself. Put something on your mirror at home. Refocus. Find those things that are distracting you and refocus yourself. Spend time in quiet reflection. Take prayer walks even in the snow. Watch those cheesy holiday movies. I know I already have a list on my Netflix queue. (laughs) Eat chocolate if you must. That's on my list too. (laughs) Say thank you to those in your life that have uplifted you in some way. Stay connected no matter what. Take care of your mental health by seeing a counselor or sharing your struggles with someone that you trust. Practice self-care and know your own limits. Know that some days it's okay and acceptable to just be. You are enough. I saw this post on social media the other day that spoke to me. It said, you are doing well. And if you are not doing well, you are doing your best. And if you are not doing your best, you are doing And if you are not doing, you are being. And in being, you are bold. That's it. It reminded me that some days, just being is okay. On all days, remaining in Jesus as the vine, as our source of strength, is necessary. With Jesus as the vine, the source of our power and strength, we find what we need to continue to bear fruit even now, especially now. With Jesus as the vine, we are called to remain in him and allow God to work through us. That is enough. And that, my friends, is good news. Amen. Good morning. Welcome again to Noblesville First. 
I'm Matt Hantleman, one of the pastors here at Noblesville First, and I'm glad you're joining us this morning. We're entering into a season that looks like it will contain more lockdowns and guidelines throughout the winter. And while the pandemic absolutely means we should be doing our part by staying home as much as possible and for the limited contact we do have, wearing masks and staying physically distant, more and more is coming out about the deeper effects this is having both on our collective psyches and our individual mental health. So I believe it's important as we head into the season that we take time to prepare our hearts and the hearts of those around us to cope with these difficult times ahead. Our scripture today points us to our source of hope, Jesus Christ and tells us to be connected to him. But there's a piece right at the end of the passage that I'd like to focus on today. Verse 11 says, I have said these things to you so that my joy will be in you and your joy will be complete. In Thursday worship, we've been talking about emotions for the month of November. It was brought up that there are certain emotions that they felt like they weren't allowed to have for Christians, like sadness, because if we have Jesus, what are we to be sad about? We ultimately debunked that thought, noting that sadness exists throughout the scripture, including Jesus weeping at the death of his friend Lazarus. Throughout different emotions, we talked about sadness, anger, even happiness. We landed in essentially the same place each time. The emotions themselves are not good or bad, but how we react and deal with them can be. We capped off this week talking about joy, which in the secular definition is simply a heightened sense of happiness. But to Christians, joy means something much more than just a heightened emotional state. Joy is listed in the fruits of the Spirit. Number two, right behind love. But the rest of the fruits are all things that we need to work towards and strive to be better at. Love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. These are things we have to work at. This suggests that joy is in that boat as well. It's something we have to strive to be better at and learn how to achieve. Jesus says he tells the story about the vine and the branches that we may both have his joy and that ours may be complete. So there are two components here. There's the joy from Christ and there is also our own joy. And I'd like to give a quick thought on each. The joy of Jesus came from the knowledge of the kingdom of God. Hebrews 2 tells us that Jesus endured the cross for the joy that was set up before him. And many of his teachings on joy involve the coming kingdom. When Jesus wants you to have his joy, he's trying to give you the hope of things now here and yet coming. John Piper describes that joy like this. Christian joy is a good feeling in the soul produced by the Holy Spirit as he causes us to see the beauty of Christ in the word and in the world. 
being connected to the vine allows that joy to fill us. But there's another joy as well, our joy. Paul speaks extensively of this joy and the hope it can instill even as we endure hardship. He tells Philemon, I have derived much joy and comfort from your love. Remembering Timothy, he says, as I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. He calls the church in Thessalonica his glory and joy, thanking God for all the joy that he feels for their sake. He asks the Philippians to complete his joy by being of the same mind. And so, as so much of the things we talk about do, this comes back to the greatest commandments. Love God, love others. There is joy in loving God and Christ, recognizing the gifts of the Holy Spirit and taking hope in the kingdom of God as we catch glimpses of it here on earth. There is joy in the love of a community as we join together to make those glimpses of the kingdom brighter and more full, sharing the love of God with those around us. As we continue through this hard time, I invite you to work towards finding joy in both of those places. To work towards loving God more and more, and to work towards loving neighbor as well. But we also need to remember that we are the source of communal joy for others. In times of plenty, where your soul is filled with love and hope, which are admittedly harder to come by these days, Reach out. Be a socially distanced neighbor to those around you and help complete their joy. Together, as a community of believers, we can be the hope and light to a darkened world. Amen.